So we want to just continue to move on and continue today with Business Street. Again, the, uh, the topic of this message is Business Street, making a dollar while making a difference. Yes. Making a dollar while making a difference. Today we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that a little bit more as well. Um, and our purpose uh, for this particular message is uh, to teach us how to develop, maintain, and maximize a successful business tree. How to develop, maintain, and maximize a successful business tree. Now, we talk first about uh, what business tree really means. And we said that business tree is a compound word. If you take the word business and the word ministry and you put them together, then you have business street. Business street uh, is a noun, and it means the combining of a person's occupation, profession, or trade with the spiritual principles of their faith. The combining of a person's occupation, profession, or trade with the spiritual principles of their faith. So business street is incorporating ministry into your business. So business street, we said, is your service to the world. And ministry is your service to God. So business brings income. Ministry brings fulfillment. It brings fulfillment of purpose. When you're doing ministry, you are fulfilling your purpose. So business brings income. Ministry brings fulfillment. We ought to be able to make an impact while we're making income. We said that business tree is not a nonprofit organization. It's a for-profit organization. Even though you're doing ministry, you're doing ministry inside of the for-profit business. So you're making a dollar while making a difference. In order for us to really touch the world, then we've got to step outside of the world of church. Yes. Amen. We've got to step outside of just the comfort zone of the people who know God like we know him. And in order for us to affect or make a great impact or even to expand our brand or our business, we need to impact more people than just the people inside of the church. Amen? So we've got to be careful even with the way we market uh, business street because it is a business first. Uh, the, we, we talked about the first principle of business street being the business must belong to God. So if it belongs to God, then we're just stewards of it. And if we're stewards of it, we have to be faithful in our stewardship. Uh, Matthew 25 and 15 through 30, uh, we talked about how the master gave talents to each of his servants. One five talents, one two talents, and one one talent. We talked about how they were enterprising and in, with those and how the one had five, he invested it. The one who had two, he flipped it. And the one who had one just dug a hole and put it in the ground. He didn't do anything with it. And he came back and just thought that because he had what God had given him, that it would be okay. He thought that it would be okay because he still had what he gave him. Amen. I believe that whatever we touch, whatever we engage in, that it should be better as a result of us touching it. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Certain people uh, should be better because we are around them or we're in relationship with them. I have a, a quote that God gave me many years ago uh, that says, leave it better than you found it or leave it alone. Come on now. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. Some things, if you can't make them better, you just better leave it alone. And that go to relationships. You know, you know when you go into relationship what your intentions are. That's right. So if you know you're not there to make that person better, leave that person alone. Amen. And so we 
stopped at this particular point and we're talking about what are you doing to multiply your talent? And if the business belongs to God, whatever talents he has given you to use for the purpose of business, then you have to multiply them. So if he's giving you power to get wealth, then he's giving you power to multiply money. Power to multiply finances. He's giving you economic empowerment. If the purpose of the power that God gives us is to get wealth and establish his covenant, then that means we have to build something that we can leave behind in the earth as a legacy. I'm building something that can outlive me. And so one generation plants the seed and one generation enjoys the shade and the fruit. See, some people have the idea that just because I planted the seed, I should be able to enjoy the shade of the tree and the fruit. But chances are, when you're planting a seed, a business or ministry that God has given you a vision to do, you chances are you're not going to live long enough to see the full manifestation of it. If you do, then you didn't plant a big enough seed. So the business makes the dollars, but the ministry makes the difference. See, if your business belongs to God, then it will be a business street. If it truly belongs to God, there is no way that it cannot make a difference. If it belongs to God. And if we are truly people of faith, it doesn't matter what we engage in. So there are two main objectives of a business street. That is to make money while providing quality service and goods in exchange for that money. The second thing is to minister help and hope to those who come in contact with your business. You have to make sure that you are helping them or providing hope to them in some type of way. So it's just so many different ways that you can minister to people without not even directly just talking to them, ministering to them verbally. But there are other ways. You know, how you treat people is ministry. You know, the one, I found one of the greatest uh, ways of ministering is really listening to somebody. Not jumping in and cutting them off and saying, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I went through the same thing. No, sometimes it's just really just listening, just letting them talk. Let them get everything off of their mind. Because most people don't really have people who they can share their honest thoughts with. And as a result, because they hold them in, it, they begin to, it begins to build up sorrow, resentment, and guilt, and all type of other uh, cancerous spiritual mess will invade your, your emotions and your mind if you don't have somebody who you can just talk to. And they don't listen with judgment. They don't listen to try and tell you what you should do. It ain't about trying to, because some people ain't talking because they want the answer. They already know what the answer is. Most of us know what we need to do. That's why we give other people better advice than we give ourselves. Because we know what to do. The problem sometimes is just doing it. And sometimes when you hear yourself talk, it will be revealed to you what you need to do. So sometimes you just have to let people talk and just listen to them. There are so many different ways that we can minister to people. And so as we do this, we are empowering others and we are making a difference in people's lives. Now, also, if the business belongs to God, then you must develop a a daily time of prayer for your business. You got to pray every day. I mean, if you pray every day for yourself, for your family and those you love, you ought to pray for your business because it, in essence, is blessing those you love 
and blessing other people as well. You, you have to find scriptures, you know, and positive affirmations that you can declare over your business. You have to establish and maintain a covenant with God through obediently and consistently giving 10% or another determined amount of your earnings to God. You got to sow out of your business so that God can continue to bless it. The same way that we're in covenant with God and we give a certain percentage, but uh, whatever it is that you have determined, you and God, not you and people, not you in a religious system, not you and the old covenant, but you and your relationship with God, the percentage that you have settled on. It might be different one Sunday, it might be different another. But the 10% is designed for you to make a conscious decision on what you are to give. That there is something I got to give and and 10% is just, uh, 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 you know, just... It's just a number that we can use to to start to establish some type of uh, obedience and commitment to it. You know, if if you're not at 10%, then you can start with just giving a certain percent and work your way up to that. See, we've been living in this religious trapping that says if you don't give your 10%, then God has a problem with you. No, he don't. But he puts it out the same way that he put, he'll, he'll put 50 is the speed limit. Come on now. But you don't have to go 50. You can go 35. You can go 40. But that's a reminder because, listen, if you're doing 55 in a 50, chances are the police will not stop you. Oh, somebody getting the revelation now. Sometimes if you're doing 60, they won't stop but there is a grace yes. in between that speed limit yes. that they will allow you to go over. Even though the law says you shouldn't, you should only do 50. Right. But if you're doing 55, yes. then they understand that there's some room in there for you to move. Yes. And our God is a God who established the laws of the land. Yes. And so if he said 10%, then there's some grace in there. Yes. That he gives you room to move. Is there anybody in in here with me? Now if you do 10%. Then you stick to 10%. And so it's the same with business. You got to make up your mind to give God a certain percent. You got to give him something. If he gave you power to get the wealth. You ought to give him something. Say that. So this places God as first in order priority. When we do this. When we give him something and not just anything, because he is first, we got to give him the first. We got to make a conscious effort to take the first or at the first opportunity to put it aside, to put that aside for God. Because there is an order in priorities. There is faith, there's family, there's finances, or I like to say there's God, family, um, your job, your business or your education if you're going to school. And then... Uh, we have fellowship and ministry uh, beneath that. So a lot of people think that ministry comes first because they're equating ministry and God is the same thing. But ministry and God is not the same thing. Your relationship with God is first. And out of that relationship, ministry is going to flow into everything else anyway. But 
it's family next because family is your first ministry. And in the ranking of family of priority, it's your marriage and then it's your children. Now, now some people got a problem with that. And as a result, their marriage suffers because they put the children above the marriage. And that's not to say that your children are less important than your marriage. But that is to say that if you look at the way that God designed it, he brought Adam and Eve together first and then they had children. So that means you need to be working on that relationship with, in marriage so that it can flow into the relationship with the children. Because a lot of parental relationships with their children are damaged because they have issues with the parents. What does this have to do with business? It has a lot. Because it's about how you structure things in your life because your life is going to affect your business. And your life is going to affect how ministry flows through your business. So if it belongs to God, then God is responsible for its success and its provision. Did you hear that? If it belongs to God, then God is responsible for its success and for its provision. The reason provision may not be flowing and it may not be successful is because you're not giving it to God completely. And if you hold back something from God, then God going to hold something back from you. That's just the way it works. He's an empty God. He says, if you do this, then I do that. He didn't say, then I'll do it if you do it. He put the if before the then. Because that's work that we've got to do to be able to engage God to do his part. Now, we pray for the ministry like it all depends on God, but we work the business like it all depends on us. So there's two components to it. And so, uh, and that's dealing with the business belonging to God. And so I want to take a few minutes to deal with the second principle of business, and that is the business tree must be ran with integrity and dignity. Amen. The business tree must be ran with integrity and dignity. Yes. I'll say it again. Yes. The business must be ran with integrity and dignity. Amen. So many believers will engage in business and take over practices or bad practices from their personal life into the business. People think that, oh, when I get into business, it's going to be different. I may be mismanaging my finances and my credit over here, but I'm going to make sure in business it's not going to be the same. And you cannot separate those two. If you have enough discipline to manage the business finance properly, then you should have enough to manage your own. So there's a level of integrity and dignity that comes with it. And that's not to say also, like there's always room for improvement. There's always room for development. But there's a quote that says, uh, income rarely exceeds personal development. Income rarely exceeds personal development. So if you're gonna be successful at finance or anything else, then you gotta make sure that you take time to develop yourself in whatever areas it is that you need to be developed. Luke 16 and 10 says this, and this is from the NIV. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So he's saying, you know how some people say, if you give me a million dollars, I'll do start this type of business and this type of business. 
Yeah, but you're going to bring some of those same negative practices in if you hadn't got that squared away. So that's why it's personal development. So that when the opportunity comes, that when the resources come, you're set. Because you're not waiting for something to happen before you do what you need to do. That's right. That's good. And so he says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. So if you can be trusted with the little that you have, uh-huh. that's what happened with the man with one talent. Yes. So I can't even trust you with the little. So I'm not going to give you more. I'm just going to take what you got and give it to the one who can. Because whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So he said, it didn't matter if I gave you one or if I gave you ten. You would have done the same thing with it. So you've got to develop yourself, personal, your personal development in how you deal with the one so that you'll know what to do with the team. That's right. That's good. So you've got to be faithful over the small so that you'll be faithful when it grows and when it increases. So your business represents God and should be a reflection of your relationship with God and your faith in Christ. This is what integrity is. It's the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. And what it really is, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Man, that's it if it's simplified. Integrity is treating people how you want to be treated. You know, that's why, I, you know, I used to talk down about jobs and sometimes I have to be careful how I say things. But jobs are platforms for you to develop yourself and platform for you to become faithful in somebody else's. Right. Because God said, if you're faithful in somebody else's, then I'll give you your own. Right. And so if we're not faithful on jobs and we're not showing integrity and dignity on these other people's jobs, then what are you going to do when you get your own job? Yeah, that's right. that's good. So we've got to have integrity and dignity no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing. Because we're, in essence, in any job that you work, you're sowing. Right. You're sowing. Because the same type of commitment the same type of service that you sow into somebody else's, guess what? Others are going to sow into yours. Because you've already put it out there. You're going to reap what you sow. And so that it is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. And dignity is the state of quality of being worthy of honor or respect. Being worthy of honor or respect. So it's the same thing. If you want it back, then you've got to, you've got to give it. If you want respect, then you have to be respectful. Right. The Bible says a man who has many friends must show himself friendly. That's right. So you don't get friends by being nasty and messy and gossiping and backbiting and talking behind folk back. You're not going to have friends like that. Now, you will think you have friends. And there's a difference between uh, friends and just people who you associate with. Some folk only like you as long as you spill in the tea. Bees are attracted to flowers that have pollen. They don't deal with the flowers that don't have pollen. Now some people, if you ain't got nothing to give them, they ain't coming around. So we also have to provide excellent service and also quality product. That's part of the integrity and dignity. That whatever you provide, it has to be quality. Or the best that you can give at the level that you're on. See, sometimes you don't have it all to do it exactly how you want to do it. But you got to do it the best where you're at. And that's what that's where excellence comes in. And excellence is a prevailing attitude. It is an attitude that prevails against the circumstances that it's dealing with. Even though there's a lack of resources, excellence still prevails and say, even though I don't have much to do with what I'm going to do my best with the little I got. Come on, man. 
And that's another way of showing integrity and dignity by providing excellent service and quality product, not being involved in get rich schemes. So you gotta be leery of these get rich quick schemes. No dishonorable practices, no short uh, cutting people. There's a person who has been reaching out to me for years about getting involved with some things that they have going on. And every time they present the information to me, it changes. And you're doing something new and different every time. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, either one, you don't know what you want to do, or number two, you're doing something that requires you to keep changing it because you're doing something that's not right, something shady. And so you got to even be careful of that. Now, uh, a great friend, but it's just that I, I, I can't be involved with that because I, I don't want it to tarnish me and what I represent or tarnish God. Or the, way, or the way I represent God to other people. Right. And that's what it can potentially do. And that's why I'm, I'm talking about integrity and dignity because that is, the, that is one of the key principles of business tree. Because one thing you never do is put a price on your integrity and your dignity. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, never put a price on it. Because the devil will try to sell it to you. Yes. You remember he took Jesus up on the mountain? Yes. Uh, well, Jesus actually went into the wilderness. He in the spirit took him up and showed him all the kings of the world said all of this I will give to you if you bow down and worship me he wanted him to bow down and worship me he said I'll give you all this but that has been the deception of the enemy since the beginning of the time he tried to give you something that already belongs to you the earth is Lord and the fullness thereof but he has given it unto the children of men it's already yours. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the judge. So it's already yours, but you just have to get to it. You have to figure out how to pull it to you or how to get to where it's at. So the enemy is saying, I'm going to give you the kingdoms of the world, but Jesus is thinking, bro, it already belongs to me because my father owns it. You remember when he came to Adam and Eve, he said, you will be like God. Hold on, I'm already like God. What you talking about? So he's going to come and try to present and sell something to you that you are, already belongs to you even though it's not yet in right. your possession. That's right. That's right. Even though it has not yet manifested, success in business belongs yeah. to you. Yeah. Even though it has not yet manifested, generational wealth belongs to you. Even though it has not manifested yet, financial freedom belongs to you because God has already given it to you through the power to get the wealth. You just have to do the work required to pull it to you or to get to where it's at. Chrisette Michelle is an African-American Grammy Award winning R&B soul singer and songwriter. Back in 2017, Chrisette was at the height of her career and rapidly rising as an A-list artist in the music industry. She had several songs in rotation on the radio, uh, one of the most requested featured artists to collaborate with. She was touring, performing all over the world and at all type of major events. But all of that came to a swift and halting end because of one bad business decision. She accepted an invitation to sing at Donald Duck's, I mean Donald Trump's presidential inauguration ball for a price tag of $250,000 for a 30-minute set.
$150,000 for 30 minutes. Boy, that's something us in here do a lot more degrading things and sing at the, the presidential inauguration for $250,000. So I can't judge her on, on that. I can't judge her at all. But I can zero in and hone in on uh, an issue with integrity and dignity. Yes, that's right. Because I want to ask y'all this, though. How, how many of y'all would have sung at that inauguration for $250,000? Somebody in the back said, I, 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 I might have. Look, they wouldn't have invited me back. Because I can't sing. That is tempting. That is tempting. But here's the thing. To a person who is experiencing a financial dilemma, a person who uh, does not have, you know, the financial means, and they're in a place where it's, you know, it's, it's my integrity or this money, some people would in that position would give in. But a person who is at the height of their career and has all of these other opportunities at her disposal, I think that was an issue with integrity and dignity right there. Many of her peers and fans expressed their disapproval and advised her not to accept. She lost endorsements and jobs behind her. Her music was pulled from movies. She was dropped from her label, and she even had a miscarriage, which she believes was linked to the stress associated with the backlash that she got after she performed. She also admitted to thoughts of suicide. And in an interview with Essence Magazine, she apologized and admitted that it was a bad choice. She regretted everything that happened and said it destroyed her career. See, protecting the integrity of your brain is more important than making a quick comment. Yes. Because protecting the integrity and dignity of your brand provides other opportunities for you. Yes. And you don't have to base the success of your career or your business on one simple decision. See, integrity creates quality service which attracts quality customers. See, she was attracting all type of quality opportunities. But then this one bad decision, which wasn't a quality opportunity, messed up her entire career. See, your brand is connected to your character. Think about this. All of the celebrities, athletes, entertainers, TV personalities who have been caught up in scandals. And notice how quickly the endorsements are pulled because people don't want to be associated with it. Right. Whether it's true or not, they say, well, we're just going to pull away. Yes. And once you get that figured out, then we'll, we'll come back and discuss whether or not we'll still be doing business together. Yes. See, your lack of integrity will affect your brand. Jesus even kind of shared uh, a little revelation concerning this when he said that, he said, told his disciples, he said, you're going to be offended of me because they're going to make all type of accusations against me that are not true. They're going to be false. But when they smite the shepherd, the sheep are going to scatter. And that's what happens. 
Once the enemy smites your business tree with one wrong move, one wrong deal, one wrong connection, then people are going to scatter until you get that fixed and you get it right. See, as a business owner, your brand is also connected to your faith. You're in the business of ministry and business, so you are accountable to God first.